0: Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGruder, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing Boris Johnson's drinks trolley. Um, Nick... Um, I assume this episode was actually a ruse and an intervention. We we had lured Peter Coggill <laughs> here, okay? And um, we were doing an intervention because, um, w- this is really about taste, right? Yeah. Um, but, um, I just feel I've just totally ruined you taking the punchline out of your intro, but go no, for it. Johnson. no, Boris not not no we story. do need to talk. Peter's
1: got a very unusual approach to, uh, to, uh, decor and things so we'll we'll yes, tackle that. We get he does, that he does I, uh, w- and whether or not Peter thinks he has good taste is an interesting question um, so we we I like to... to
2: think that my uh, perception of the aesthetic transcends this, this exactly. concept of taste so yeah well we'll <laughs> get on and there's plenty to unpack
1: there but just on the issue of Boris Johnson's um, drinks trolley. So yeah. they, uh, there was recently li- a, a leak of a list of stuff that uh, they bought to renovate their house in or their flat in number 10. Hmm. And um, it includes, well, it's quite it's I suppose you might think reasonably expensive items. He is the prime minister.
0: Mm. He should have nice stuff, right? Like he there's a rug wants-
1: for 7,000 quid. It's well, well not, that's, that's not crazy. It's, it's not bonkers. Not, yeah. It's not 70,000 quid, it's 7,000 quid. Um, There's things like, you know, fabric for sofa, an antique, it's it's called an antique double wing back chair. Whether it's an antique or just antique style, I don't know. If it's antique style, questionable taste there. Mm. But the really exciting thing was the Nureyev drinks trolley for £3,675. Yes. And it's horrible. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen, it is really ghastly. Yeah, it's, it's, got, like,
0: it's got hands, like um, brass, gold, leaf, I don't know what you are, that are sort of yeah. faux hands that are holding... Like human hands or yeah. animal hands. No, human. Okay. But, but it's also holding it's got, a thing at the top, right, I can't quite explain. Almost that.
1: like battlements going around each layer of is the drinks trolley. Is yeah. it
2: artistically significant is it like a one-offy thing or is oh it no
1: it's a thing you can buy oh, anyone okay. can go and get themselves right. a, a a new array of drinks trolley. you rushed out and got two after you saw yeah
2: yeah i i it's so you can just smash a, them together yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's just obviously not very nice i mean what would a nice drinks trolley be like i don't know there might be something intrinsic in the concept of a drinks trolley which is sort of naff and i i so there's something to discuss there. But the, but anyway, the, the point is that I looked at it and I thought, obviously, uh, with me with my great taste can see that this is awful. But, you know, maybe not. Boris Johnson is you know, got aristocratic heritage and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's right and I'm wrong. Yeah, as yeah. horrific it, as it might be mm. to contemplate. So the question is whether or not taste, you know, uh, there are objective elements to it and whether we can say, yes, this actually is good or bad taste. Because I very strongly want to say... This is bad taste, and it's not just me. It really is objectively yeah. bad taste. So, yeah, and surprisingly, we've never done a podcast about taste, sort of what taste means before. So I right. think this would be a good, yeah, yeah. good yeah, yeah. excuse to, there's, uh, there's, to do one.
0: Yeah, there's lots of things already peeing off my mind mm. at the moment. But the, I mean, the first thing to say is, of course, as we're recording this, it was only about a week or so ago that Boris Johnson resigned, right? Mm. Um, and um, famously, when he um, moved into Downing Street, um, they, they trashed, um, or Carrie, trashed, his wife, trashed um, the predecessor's taste, which was Theresa May and her um, mm. uh, John Lewis taste, wasn't it? And sort of very much looked down was upon it? that. John, yeah, John yeah. Lewis, right. Yeah, which John Lewis sort of used to their advantage rather in you know, a rather savvy manner style. That is interesting, actually. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I mean, the whole thing is... Yeah, the, the the response from John Lewis was, yeah, we're John Lewis, we're great. And um, yeah, well, you want to be boring? Fine, come with us. Um, yeah, it's interesting because like, when I think of John Lewis, I think they, they sort of are actually a good
1: barometer of what, yeah. like... It's kind of uh, arch middle class, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. it's like, arch- if middle want like... It's, and so at the moment, everything is sort of gentle curved slate grey, yeah, you know... Pigeon shit grey. Yeah, Everything yeah. in John Lewis is like that, yeah, and, yeah. but in the eighties, it was all sort of slightly Laura Ashley kind of yeah. puffy Chipsies floral it, things, yeah. you know.
0: So, so yeah, John Lewis is an interesting thing mm. to bring up. And the other thing um, before we get into the you know the meat of this is the, I think taste. It's it's like it's like sex and driving and humor, right? Everyone thinks they're great at sex. Everyone thinks they're really funny. Everyone mm. thinks they they drive really well. Okay. But sadly, this is not. I mean, obviously, we all do, you know. But um, it's taste. Everyone thinks they've got they've got good taste, don't they, or do they? I've only seen. Well, that's an interesting question. Everyone says that
1: everyone thinks they've got good taste, Mm. but I don't. I looked for like I was looking for a survey. Have you got good taste? Which says ninety percent of people say yes. I haven't found such a thing, and I'm not sure that received wisdom is necessarily Mm. true.
0: Yeah, I just remember once seeing a doc TV documentary. It was only when the whole new going into people's normal people's houses had just started, and it was really quiet. You mean like the reality TV, yeah. not not the through the keyhole style. Well, no, it was more the, through the keyhole style, but just with regular people. Ah, okay. Um, before people started doing up their homes and what's-his-name yeah. with the big cuffs would come in. Lawrence, Llewellyn Bowen, whatever. It was before all that. And actually it was quite, it made me feel quite sad, there was this one person just sitting in this frankly horribly decorated house, mm. just saying, oh, my house is just horrible, but I don't know what to do. I've got, yeah. I've got no taste, really. <laughs> and yeah, I've really felt for this woman. Anyway, and then I think the, the other thing about, you know, to what extent is this stuff relative? Is there an absolute? Um, mm. I don't know. I think that's really interesting. right? Um, I mean that's all just pinging off my mind. Uh Peter, yeah, um, no, what do I, you reckon?
2: I am also intrigued about the the relative versus absolute sort of the subjective versus um objective nature of taste. Mm. Um I don't think it is. Well, it's a very human construct. So it's it's just based on So it is relative, you think. I think it's totally relative. It's okay. a, it, I mean you, you don't need to look far for um cultural differences in in sort of the aesthetic that Seem are uh, fine and totally normal and quite appreciated in certain places, and in other places they are considered bad taste or just abhorrent mm. in some way. Mm. I mean, a, a stark example which we kind of joked about before the podcast is Putin's table. Mm. Right? So Putin, th- there's a very sort of like high Russian showing offism that 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 you get in Russian state buildings, and a put- lot of white and gold, a lot of white gold, lots lots of white and grey marble, big rooms, lots of gold. Kind of a bit, a bit like an 18th century kind of aristocratic home. It's definitely a Russian imperial, but thing, it's a Russian, it? yeah, very Russian imperial thing, and it's and it, but also sprinkle in a bit of um, dictatorship showing off yeah. kind of thing. Mm, um, mm. Yeah, so the, the, it's it's there's definitely a thing there, but that would mean, pre- do Russians think that that looks nice? Do they go? That's a well, that's a good style, I think Some Russians like, probably would, but I, but I think other people of that type. So. If when he invites Assad round for dinner, mm. Assad go, oh, yeah. lovely table. Great. I need to get one of those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, what lovely gold leaf on everything. I need to get more <laughs> gold leaf in my life. Um, so it's. It, I think that there's a certain type. There's a certain community, uh, uh, a certain group um, that set a standard for the rest of the group. So the elites within any given kind of set of people. Yeah. Uh, and an elite in kind of normal world in our in normal world would be. The sort of social elites, the sort of professionals, and the celebrities, um, will set a sort of standard for their 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 people who aspire to be like them. Well, I don't know about that, because if you think, well, what do would would you think of an
1: so a, a footballer just bought a big mansion, gets a nice pair of I don't know stone lions outside his mansion? Yeah. Surely that's well, at the very least, that's iffy taste wise. Well, it's to like us, it is new yeah. build 80s mansion, stick some stone well, I bet lines like, on pe- well, it.
2: Bet I, I bet there are plenty of people on the street. If you ask them, what do you think of this house? They'll be like, oh, wow, yeah, amazing.
1: Well, that, that's what I'm actually, I've struggled to find evidence about, about mm. whether sort of, you know, people share those senses. But but I think the point is that those stone lines on a 17th century building owned by an aristocrat. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, no problem with that at all. But stone lions on an eighties
0: mansion, and an eighties, yeah. But the, mansion, but the, yeah. but
1: now, so I, I
2: well, be, what I'm be, saying is that they will be, reconst- be concrete, <clears throat> yeah, and they'll yeah. probably be painted something.
1: Well, but but the point is that they're uh, they're like elites, let's say of some sort, footballers, mm. you know. But I don't think people look at them as arbiters of good taste. I think, if anything, the opposite. You know, I yeah. so I so I, I I want there is that question of what's what's uh, is there a difference between social status and taste making ability? You know, are there people So, for example, hipsters, you wouldn't necessarily say are high status socially, but they seem to play quite a big role in determining the aesthetic of things yeah. like what a restaurant well, should look like or hipst- what a
2: hipsterism is kind of uh, defined partly by an anti fashion um strand it, so hmm. hipsterism you're you're sort of dressing like a hipster is trying is bucking any given sort of perceived like uh, incumbent trend so like wearing uh you know wearing like three quarter length trousers because they're fucking ridiculous and, <laughs> and having a beard because it's stupid you know it's like it's deliberately doing things which are anti-establishment or anti um
0: Anti, whatever the yeah,
2: general trend I mean, is. I mean, that's yeah. that's ge- that that
1: sort of thing has existed forever, right? I mean, that's the, like the Teddy Boys and like the mm. Mods and the Rockers and the Punks, yeah. and they've yeah. always done things that are deliberately. Um, ca- you know, v- violently countered to yeah. so, you know. But they—they're
2: they, they, they tra- all trying to be individual, but they end up all looking the same.
0: But yeah. They, so we're talking about class as well here comes into this, right? Because um, it's not just social elites, as you say. You know, a footballer can be in the social in, in the social elite, but it's not necessarily um, in a traditional sense of what class means. He's not they're not posh, right? Um, and yeah. I wonder if if thinking about the elites around the world, I wonder if you get sort of quite posh Russians, but they're not nouveau riche. Who just look at all their stuff? You know, a posh Russian comes around to your house, and he old, loves the old fact. Old money Russians, yeah. Old money. money, yeah. Oh, exactly. not that many? No, old money. a <laughs> yeah. lot of them were. A lot of them got done <laughs> yeah. away with. Um, so yeah, I, I reckon there's some sort of intellig- intelligentsia around the world with some old money, and they. Well,
1: see now, take someone like Donald Trump, who you know, if you look at his mar el lago mansion, mm. a lot of ostentatious gold. Mm. Uh, I can't imagine actually that even Donald Trump could afford a- as much actual real gold as there is gold things on display. So I can only assume it's some kind of gold effect. Mm. But, you know, a lot of gold on display. He he was, I don't know if you remember, he was the president of the United States, which mm. is pretty high status. Yeah. And yet, I don't think, I wouldn't, I don't think a lot of people, there would be that much disagreement that it's bad taste, mm. right? Well, how much more elite do you want to get than the president of the US? That's my
0: point. He's, you know, he's not really, he's he's elite in one sense, but he's he's definitely not old money, although his father was very rich. Um, There's still a lot of the nouveau about him, and he's certainly not some sort of kind of uh, part of the intelligentsia. Um, so maybe I'm sort of thinking this slightly left-wing-leaning but loads of cash but d- and has for they- the generations. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So look, I mean, uh, but there's a lot of things we haven't yet determined. Yeah, I don't think we've framed this properly no, because yet. But- that you because you're, we, we're sort of assuming that those people are setting tastes or that there are some people out there setting tastes and we think they're high status. But let's I want to unpick various things here first. Um, what is it? What do we mean by taste mm. at all? Like, and then... It, so the theories that we've advanced are like, well, taste is essentially what high status people like mm-hmm. and having good taste is working out what high status people like and doing that. Mm. I don't think that goes far enough because I feel like what high status—they don't just roll a dice and go, oh, that's it. I like that one today. I like red today, and suddenly yeah, we've How got do to people get... make their decision?
0: Yeah, yeah. About... So
1: what? So and I feel like if you were to ask these mysterious high status tastemaker people, why mm. do, why do you like this? They would give you some reasons. You might mm. think they were spurious, but they mm. would give you reasons. Well, yeah, but but I... but they, but the point is that they, even if let say they're the sto- at the top of the taste hierarchy. They're not just randomly choosing stuff, mm. right?
2: So, I think, well, I have a theory of what they're doing. Right. So, any given elite will also have elites above them, right? So, yeah. Donald Trump and the footballer with their 1980s management, of the Lions outside, um, superficially, they have a similar sort of style. It's sort of it's like this artifice showing offiness, right? Showing think, that you've made it in Showing life. you what you've made it. And I think what they are doing is they have certain aspirations of their own. So mo- Trump or the footballer might model themselves on the the English aristoc- aristocracy in their 18th, 19th century big mansions with genuinely so. nice historical furniture that mm. is put a, is quite elaborate and gold leafed and things, um, and but but not being able to reproduce that because they can't they wouldn't be able to afford to buy all of the things they want to have or well, there's just scarcity as you can't you mm. can't get the things. So they, 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 they reproduce it artificially mm. um, with, you know, with designers that will reproduce things that are more modern, more functional, but in the style of. So they, they're aspiring to something themselves. I think there is a diff- there's a different type of people though whose who's role in the world is inventing up new crazy things that are fashionable <laughs> and just doing that and, and eventually people will catch on if they're high enough status. But the people who are just day-to-day doing their lives, the Donald Trumps, they're just, they go, Ooh, yeah, I kinda like the way that, that Bletchley Palace is decorated designer with redoing our entrance hall can you make it look a bit like that yeah but I feel we I... slightly regressed in our conversation because we're going back to talking about
0: um, you know what people you know think of as taste and why they might have that and we, we we do still need to delve further into why they might have it and the decisions but still imagine you know um if we lived in a world um which is not not that far away uh in time or distance where let's say it wasn't possible to have taste OK, it wasn't to make taste decisions, right, about where you live or, and what you wear. OK, would you still have... And yet, would you still, even though I said that you couldn't have taste or make taste decisions, could you still have What kind of world are you talking about? I'm talking about, you know... North Korea type thing. Well, I mean, but but that's, but the thing is, that's been um, imposed upon that society. Mm. But what about if you, if we just hunter-gatherers, for example, okay, of which there are still some in the world. But if we go back, you know, a few thousand years, whatever, 10,000 years, um, because... As soon as you start to get civilization, I'm sure you start to get taste. And I wonder if it goes back to our old friend signalling, which you, we've already talked about mm. a little bit. But if you're hunter-gatherers, you know, all you've got to worry about today is to make sure you get the mammoth and all that sort of business, um, would, would you still have taste? I right, think, but this is yeah, right. I think, I think you would. I think you
2: do. Yeah. I, there's, lots, there's quite a lot of ar- archaeological evidence that, you know, in the, in, in the good times when hunting and gathering was going well and you had plenty of sort of spare time, they... They spend quite a lot of time on their dwellings, making them nice and neat and tidy, and mm. collecting particularly interesting shells and rocks and things to mm. to, to, ha- to keep. That you would then they assume that is assumed were they, they had certain social importance that mm. you would then show off to your neighbours and to your to your um, your peers. As, as an indication of how much free time you've got. Because if you're, you're doing well, you've got more free time, you can... And the height of
1: fashion is always a bone flute and a picture of a bison. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, At least it has been for the last 20,000 years. Yeah. And then they, you know... Um, but, but I think... I, well, because I think there's this element of cohesion which goes into uh, taste, right? As hmm. um, like the David Hume thing that we're apt to call barbarous whatever departs widely from our own taste and apprehension. Hmm. Hmm. That being... Being cohesive or being accepted by a crowd, by a group, is obviously vital in the evolutionary environment, right? Mm-hmm. So we do, we've got this incentive to kind of work out what it is that people find acceptable and to do that. So it just as a kind of to show that you're in the in group,
0: yeah.
1: And and in in that sort of under that theory of well, taste is really just trying to conform with um, the people who you want to conform with, so that you so that they're you know let's say high status people, I suppose, in the context of a tribe, it might be with the chieftain seems to like, you know, uh, he's got a thing about um, antlers. Mm. Well, I should get myself some antlers because then the chieftain will like me more. Mm. So there's that sort of sense in which, okay, this is about simply working out what high-status people are doing and trying to do that.
2: I think there's a bit on the flip side of that, though. Also, you can use taste to set yourself apart from people. It's going back to the anti-fashion thing. So if there were two warring tribes, you would... would, um, choose to display the things that the other tribe didn't because it would reinforce, like, through, a, you know, in a negative sense, your association with them mm. um, and therefore strengthen your association with them. Or, the or even if
0: you want to set yourself apart slightly within your group, like a hipster kind of thing. Mm. Uh, but, Nick, keep going. Well, that's the... So, but the, the
1: problem with that is it doesn't really explain why. It's that, I mean, that could be... It could be any arbitrary thing, right? It could be that, you know, um, our particular tribe really likes smearing elephant dung, On ourselves, Mm. right? And um, or we're the blue hat
2: guys. Well, the the blue hat hat
1: guys. guys, See, that's that's what I'm getting. Is that you you can imagine it being a blue hat thing? Okay, we've got blue hats, and and that's how we know we're us. And we all want to wear blue hats because non-blue hat wearing people are just degenerate scumbags. But what I'm saying is, I find it unlikely that the whole you know smearing elephant dung on yourself would be as popular. It's easier to, go, to get a kind of blue hat to yeah. be good taste. And, and so what I'm saying is there's I – I, I, I don't think it's purely – it's not purely arbitrary. It's not an, – an, and it's not sort of purely subjective. Mm. Like there are some elements to it where mm. we can say, actually, this is good taste. So I don't know. Take the difference between, say, like a chair designed by a famous designer mm. compared with a, just a chair from Ikea. Mm. Now, the designery one is more expensive – but i think a lot of people go that's a better it's still a better chair mm. and you know that we we don't think it's good taste because it's expensive and by a designer and if the designer had produced the ikea one we'd we'd say exactly the same thing about the ikea chair i think we want to say it's just genuinely better it's a nicer chair it's more fitting for its purpose um you know, the, the, we'd be able to explain why we thought that chair looked nice in that position. I, I,
2: I can sense a segue into you attacking my uh, aste- <laughs> sense of the aesthetic. So, well, like, uh, well, yeah. Well, the, the, I think you're right. There are Yes, I hadn't thought of this before, but there are. I think you, there are certain completely objective things that you could probably spot in any fashion. And I think I'll, I'll posit one, which that it's got to be sustainable in that it's not too inconvenient so the whole elephant dung thing mm. probably didn't catch on because everyone well you might have run out of elephant dung or it just smelly so it, it's just not a nice thing to do whereas in the modern world where you don't have to work with your hands you can get away with having ridiculously long nails because you, you don't work with your hand so you can you can get away with it so that's a, that's a, a sustainable thing even though it's got no practical value it's, it's a sort of an adornment that doesn't get in the way too much. Um, I'm finding this, actually,
0: surprisingly, surprisingly difficult to nail down, mm. actually. I, I didn't think it would be quite as uh, elusive as this. But there's a couple of things that strikes me that we're not talking about, um, because, um, one of which I've already forgotten, um, but one of them is you could have two people of very similar backgrounds, very similar aspirations, similar, 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 all the way, right? But I think you could definitely still say that one of them, they could have very differing tastes, okay? And I think you can imagine walking into two different rooms, and, yeah. and let's just say that they've not been... Um, designed on purpose right but someone's just thrown together that room for whatever reasons and and someone's throwing together that room one i'm, just, I'm sure all of us would would have a preference of one over the other and mm. say hey this one's more tasteful somehow and yeah. i think there's something slightly there and i think it's to do with creativity or something I, I i don't know maybe that but also i just wonder and actually this is the other point and going back to universalisms which is um it is. I, I don't know about the philosophy of aesthetics. Is there such thing as a universal aesthetic? So, for example, I think one of the reasons why, um, thank God, they're dying out, um, skinny jeans, are, are, are crap. <laughs> not them again. Yeah. It's because they just they're not flattering. And the reason why is 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 because of the form of the jeans themselves, things that, so if something sort of slightly flares out to the towards the bottom, um, that in itself is more flattering of of the shape of a, mm. of a human figure. And I can't. I don't. And I think that's just. That's it. That's the most. Like, it's something
2: sort of natural or fundamental, like, you know, it's kind of the shape of a tree. Yeah all, yeah. all all I'll say is, yeah. that, is that when
1: you ask people to explain why they think one thing is nice and another thing isn't, mm. very often you'll get confabulations that yeah. are like what you're saying now.
0: What's a confabulation? You
1: know, a kind of made up story to explain an, an inst- yeah, instinct yeah. that we have. And uh, the example, which, um, you know, I, I think is really helpful, is glasses. Mm. people if you ask people why do these glasses suit someone and the other, these ones don't they'll always come up with things like oh well it's the shape of your eyebrows and it's this thing about your face and you've got but it's not glasses are driven by fashion like like what's what cool what glasses look cool now do you remember in the 80s everyone yeah. had big big glasses big square so ones all three of us have got glasses with us and yeah, they all look we've exactly all got the same. same glasses and then yeah. and then in the 90s everyone had round glasses. Yeah. yeah everyone had round glasses yeah, yeah. small ra- smaller round glasses um, and then recently, we, there's with the, I think we've got these sort of slightly retro, uh, like '50s uh, Mad Men FBI kind of uh, glasses, mm, which mm. are which are very in sort of um, you know Michael Caine 1960s yeah. kind of look. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and of course they will look really old fashioned in Ooh. ten fifteen years time. But that's that is to some extent arbitrary. Peter's point about practicality is true. Like it's not going to be. Uh, it's hard to see monocles making a comeback. Or pants nay, or whatever you know, because glasses are convenient. Mm. There's certain constraints they have to conform to, but the but the point is that what we consider look, nice-looking glasses to be is capable of changing over time True. in a way that that suggests that there it's not totally object uh, subjective or t- no, it isn't. That the objective things that we claim are driving our decisions um, are not true yeah. because our faces haven't changed over right. time. And if, if if there was such a thing as as objectively good uh, specs, we would have converged on them. Mm. You know, a hundred years ago, and we'd still be wearing the same glasses
0: we were a hundred years ago. But, but we're not. But also, this sort of then we're talking about the difference between fashion and taste, right? Yeah. Well, it, and what is the difference? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I
2: think specs did converge. The good old fashioned NHS glasses that you used to get. With the uh with
1: these the sticking plaster on yeah. Yeah, the yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. So
2: absolutely that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean it feels like there should be a difference because you could be can you have taste and be out of fashion or do you have to be in fashion if you've got taste and is taste the same as style yeah I think I there's I, mean, I think there's
1: an assumption they're the same and I don't think they are right and so let me give you an example um, I think if someone turned up uh, wearing a Victorian dress or a nineteen let's say a 1940s dress is a bit more plausible mm. um, uh, you, I don't know if you you know you sometimes you meet uh, women who like to wear 1940s clothes yeah like, and actually they normally look quite stylish yeah, quite plapped, and you wouldn't right? probably say oh that's a very poor taste mm. that's really naff wearing a 1940s mm. dress You wouldn't. It's old fashioned, Mm. but it doesn't mean it's bad taste. And I think we're able to look at, you know, a Victorian parlor from the 1890s and say, that's really good taste, even though it's old fashioned. We don't look at it and we go, that's really horrible and naff and I can't believe they liked it. Mm. I mean, there are some things about the past where we do do that. Mm. So I think it's not it's not like at any given time he is good taste. And, um, you know, obviously other things from the past fall short because they don't conform to that. I think there are some underlying principles that we're using to decide whether something's good taste. Oh. Um, we, but you're right; is it's bloody mysterious. Oh. It's really when you actually try and pin this down and go, "Where is my sense of this?" Is not we know there's got to be something. There's got to be something fashion related to it. I mean, what I th- think looks nice now, I know that I wouldn't have thought it looked nice in the '80s, and what I th- thought looked nice in the '80s and thought looked cool in the '80s. I know that I wouldn't think it looks cool now and I wouldn't want my living room to look like it. But it's not totally fashion-driven. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. But I still feel sort of at the heart of it that... I, and I suspect we all intuitively feel that we some people have better taste than others. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think there is something in there about individuals and the way they express themselves that's, that you can, although we fail to that you can kind of separate from fashion and needs and, and other things. Mm. Um, some people just are have got good taste.
1: Yeah, well there's a question about whether we whether we all sort of want to have good taste. Mm. Cuz I everyone is going to I I bet everyone says oh I don't worry too much about taste. Mm. I bet everyone most people probably think they don't really care that much about taste. And yet we probably all do. We probably mm. have an intuitive sense of what of well, you know, my living room is nicer than the other guy's because mm. they've got some horrible yeah, fake yeah, yeah. pot of flowers yeah. and a gold clock,
2: yeah. and my, I don't
1: have those things.
2: Yeah. I think trying to look at the decision-making process, I think there's a, it's perhaps having a good-taste living room. So you, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses next door. Well, because right. you already assume that that's what is driving taste. Let's well, take I'm, that okay, off the take, table. Take that as an assumption. I'm going to posit what right. you do. So, so, so do so All right, so what I'm trying to
1: do is look like next doors.
2: Yeah, so what you're trying to do is look like next doors, but better. Right, because you're, okay. you're trying to put your place in, you know, relative to them uh, yeah. in, the so, in the sort of pecking order. Um, but the skill, how you do it, the skill involved is having more or better things than the other person, but having them all kind of within any given uh, aesthetic paradigm fit with each other. Correct, Right, yeah. so, they, so you wouldn't have like uh, an art deco vase next to, an eight, on an 18th century temp- table, because it just wouldn't quite work. But I think you could. I think someone with good
1: taste would work out how to pull that off. Yeah. And 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 I uh, and I, I like to take that far enough. You end up with the whole thing of oh, I want to have the curtains matching the upholstery. And actually, a lot of people would start to think that go that starts to look, de- mouth, d- go, yeah. look super naff. Yeah, yeah. It's the kind yeah. of oath matching things is yeah. is one of those things that is considered to be quite low middle class and, yeah. and looked down on. Admittedly, I'm not saying it's Bad, but I've been the, the yeah, point well, is. I, it's I think
2: there's different types of matching. There's the sort of the crude matching in terms yeah. of the upholstery and the perhaps the era, just making sure that it was the the kind of vase that would be on that table when it, that table was made. But why does that? Versus, why is that necessary? Versus there's a, sort of, there's a there is the, there is the, the aesthetic of well it's a bit of a hodgepodge of different things, and as long as the hodgepodge is the right combination of the right kinds of things it works but if you add something wrong it doesn't yeah work. i
1: think peter's really struggling with the same thing we're all struggling yeah. with which is we keep wanting to fall back on this is just right or good or proper or it's, yeah. it's kind of just elegant enough Or bit and it's really hard to pin down what those things are yeah yeah um
0: it, it doesn't lend itself to analysis very uh, as easily as no and thought. so
1: so that brings us on to you did allude to signaling but i think the the barber pole Model of yeah. uh, of of fashion, which I think is is quite a useful. It kind of pulls everything together a bit here, and it explains how tastes change and so on. Um, if but you make, the, if you were you about to go into
0: something there, yeah, so, okay, make it quick because well, it's
1: just the it's just so the barber pole model. It I think it, it's named that uh, St- Scott Alexander called it that, and I I, I think it's a really useful analogy. Well it's just the idea that um, something happens at the top end, and oh. and then um, the people below the top end. Everyone is trying to emulate the sort of fashions of the people above them so that they can kind of be accepted into that class. But everyone's trying to differentiate themselves from the people below them. Mm. So there's this intrinsic um, instability to it all, Mm. but that generally the fashions will sort of flow downwards. And I feel that sort of does the job, I think, a lot of the job of explaining how how things do change Mm. over time. And, you know, things that were once um, considered, you know, exclusive or elite – Gradually become more and more mainstream until eventually they're just considered, yeah. um, you know, naff, and people avoid them. Yeah. At the top. Um. So, so that, and I think that sort of does some of the job of of explaining that dynamic. What it doesn't do is get us to to. I, I suppose it's a bit like okay, but the fa- so the fact that things change over time, it doesn't tell you it's arbitrary in the same way that in the nineteenth century we thought that horses were fast, yeah. and now we think planes are fast. But it doesn't mean the concept of fastness is changed. It's just that the expression mm. of fastness has mm. changed. The concept is the same. So I and I, I guess that the so to get but this partly explains why it's mysterious, right? Because if it was reducible to a formula, do A, B, and C, and hey presto, you got good taste. It would intrig- It would instantly become poor taste because exactly. everyone would do it exactly. So so I think there is that that whole idea of you know of a shibboleth as being mm. something intrinsically hard for people to emulate that's why it works it's almost like we're forging we're, the people at the top of taste the taste makers mm. are just f- why it is that it's hard to emulate what they're doing when they're deciding that something is is good taste is the same reason it's good taste yeah. right if yeah, it was yeah.
0: easy to copy it it would no longer serve that function. True, but I still think you're coming about it too much in, as a, an economist and engineer I, I, type person. I, and, yeah, well, I was going to. And not as an, to, a as a creative like myself. I was going to tackle it
2: in an engineering. Sense. We we so need I've to been,
0: wrap it up really quickly because I've got a question. Oh, I've got I've got I've got a couple oh, of points okay. I want to
2: make and a question. Uh, but go for I, it, Peter. I think there are certain sort of uh, characteristics of what is good taste you can we can pick out. So, for for me, like uh, the 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 effort effortlessness like if somebody's obviously gone to a lot of effort to compose a room, that to me is bad taste. Whereas if it's just naturally kind of beautiful Mm. without them curating it, Mm. that to me is good taste. And that's sort of the kind of the uh, art aristocratic British Uh, timelessness where it's just of oh this is a collection of old things there's a sliding scale though isn't there because at some point you've got to make some decisions
0: and I'm sure even if you go look I just don't care about what stuff looks like I just want a sofa and I'm only going to spend 50 quid on it that's that you're still going to make a choice. is it just that you walk into a shop and the first sofa you see for 50 quid you buy it yeah or you're still making a decision of one thing over uh, another I think Peter's
1: criterion there is necessary but nowhere near sufficient no
2: no I think because I don't
1: care about Let's say I think I don't care about taste. Mm. I know that I do. I do. Mm. I look at sofas, and I get, we bought a new sofa recently, and I, yeah, we looked at them. And we said well, that one looks nice, that one's horrible. Mm. So I'm making some judgment there. But if I didn't, if I just said, look, I really don't care. I'm just going to go out and buy you know the first five sofas I see, and put them all in my living room back to back. It wouldn't be. I don't think I would. I'd somehow mysteriously pull off good taste just because I wasn't trying,
2: right? right. No, it's,
0: it's necessarily not sufficient. Yeah. I think. I think um, in not nailing this down, we've kind of nailed it down a bit actually, that, um, and said actually this is a bit weird and uncomplicated. Maybe two things. Uh, we uh, surprisingly we haven't talked about music actually because we've talked a little bit mm. taste in music, uh, taste in clothes, taste in uh, decor. Uh, we've not talked about taste in music. Well, but, and, but and, yeah, but it might be interesting to ask why mm. and. And actually why taste in music
1: is not considered to be, like, as important as decor and clothing and those kinds of things. Mm. Like, you know, I, but, but 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 I think it's because, like, it's not on display. It's not sort of um, something which actually you're making a
0: social statement with, by and large. Mm. Um, I think you can still, in the same way that we might say that someone has good or bad taste in clothes, for example, I think... And even more interestingly, not necessarily the same person, could be a different person. You could talk about whether they've got good or bad taste in music as well. You you could, but
1: I think the equivalent there would be if people were all making
0: their own music. Like in the same way that you sort of choose what clothes to wear. Well, but we don't make our own actual sofa or make our own actual clothes. I don't know. No, that's true. I think, sorry, we don't have time for that. No, Okay. Um, And one other thing, we've actually not talked about the word taste itself because what taste really literally means and maybe there's a connection there, which makes it quite hard to pin down. Got a question I want to ask. Um, I want us to quickly rank each other's taste one to ten and rank your own taste one to ten so one oh, not God. got a clue ten um beautifully tasteful am I
1: supposed to aim off for the fact that actually I'm using myself as an arbiter I don't know don't,
2: don't, don't. it's too it's hard, hard to answer
1: that. I think okay it's just yeah, too it hard, hard to answer I can't I can't answer that I, I know that I don't care much about I don't care much about things like you know taste all you know, but I kind of I would know things that I really wouldn't want in my house. there are things
0: that I you know I think you're fairly tasteful um but you can also see and this isn't you can also see that you kind of don't care about taste oh so that's good and, so I've
2: successfully communicated
0: and yeah. that. and, 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 as and as I well, mean
2: you're massively on trend uh, yeah. yeah
0: I mean there's the, <laughs> but there's an integrity and an honesty about that right um and a self awareness maybe about it and and then with Peter. He's quite a sort of uh, functional kind of guy, I reckon. Um, and yeah. He's an engineer. He's all about the pragmatism and the utility well, of as stuff.
2: O- Augustus Welby Pugin put it perfectly. He did. Yes, he did. He, when he said, <laughs> "There should be no features about a building which are not necessary for convenience, construction, or propriety."
1: What a load of he's, This is the guy who designed the Houses of Commons. Well, I, yes, goodness sake, <laughs> he's t- talking out of his ass. <laughs> have you seen it? It's a gothic uh, you know, yeah, monstrosity.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yes. Full yes. of
1: twiddly bits. Yeah, yeah. And I... I um, so I don't think he's practising what he preaches there. No, I don't there. think he's either. Yeah. But
0: well, I, but there was another phrase, isn't there? It, it was a very similar that, which is, have nothing in your home which is not without function or that uh, has a beautiful form or something like that. Well, that's the, uh, that was like the, that's the, the, um,
1: right. uh, the arts and crafts people, wasn't it? I think oh, that was someone like... Someone um, like... Uh, william morris or it'd be that sort of era anyway but of course that you know and but of course they themselves weren't perceptive enough to realize that what they considered beautiful was heavily driven by the 19th century and it's and it's Mm. you know there was a kind of harking back to the medieval times and stuff that by the 1930s was considered naff and old-fashioned
2: yeah yeah. so yeah Can, can i can i try to explain why my sense of the aesthetic transcends any type. Right. Definitely. <laughs> you can try. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I absolutely do not care about taste in certainly my own home. Mm. And my 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 decor, although I don't practice it at the so moment because you know, in a rented house, my perfect decor would be entirely functional. Mm. So I'd like to I'd like a stainless steel kitchen, like a working kitchen. Mm. I would like my bathroom to be like a sort of the, the bathroom you'd find in a hotel um mm. uh, my you know the, the 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 sort of the wc would be like the wc in a railway station I entirely sort there's of there's no sense of flow about this house but keep going yeah, no, there's, no, <laughs> yeah there's no there's no, no, no there's no there's, and my there's office no coherence. my yeah. office would be an empty white room <laughs> oh God. with with a, w- a one massive screen in it right and yeah. no other, no See, other I, distractions. No I, I, books, no shelves, no no, no trinkets, nothing. We've se-
1: we've seen, we've experienced Peter untrammeled. Yes. I mean, he's, at the moment, he's he's living with his partner, so we so we can't really separate mm. the you know the real. But we but we saw him in his old place, which he owned, mm. and he lived on his own, mm. and it was miserable. Yes. It was like it was just it, bare. It was, but also I remember no, there was It, it was a No, was there, it was totally bare. It was depressing. It felt like a house which somebody had just moved out of. Only he'd lived there for like well, 5 well, years and they'd well, left some a few bikes. Would, well, uh. some
2: people would describe as liminal. I find in certain places <laughs> quite comfortable, quite yeah. sort of homely. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but then I the, remember so, there was a so, hole in the floor. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, he didn't as long, as, long as, as
1: there was a board over the hole in the floor, yeah. that was fine. Well, that was that
2: wasn't that wasn't fully decorated but the living room would be the good example yeah, there's, there's no pictures
1: or anything no, no, no god no no but I, I, I yeah god no, no. I, I feel like you could do minimalist in a much nicer way than Peter does it <laughs> Peter does minimalism in a very minimalist way <laughs> he so he just he just sort of says right I'm not going to have any stuff and then he just puts stuff in the room but he's also, put, well, put stuff well, I, in the room, yeah, like climb? the sofa is in a weird place, the the table is in a weird place, there's a chair just there. I,
0: by the way, I like the way Pete, the defensive tone <laughs> there is in Peter's voice. Now, is it because he's, he's, uh, we've insulted his sense of taste or his sense of practicality? I don't know. Yeah, yes, it's
2: because it, you're insulting my sense of practicality. Cause he, I'm cause insulting he, the, his the engineering chair, skills. The chair's yeah. in the middle of the room because that's where the chair needs to be. To be if you <laughs> want to sit on a chair in the middle of the room, to be optimal, yeah, for which some, nobody does for some purpose. I just remember it looked like I, some sort I, of graveyard I, can I, can I, for
0: bicycles yeah. you have. So, so, right.
2: so if there is a unifying uh, sort of aesthetic that I have, let me try and give you a couple of examples which sort of get close to it, right? Yeah. So they're entirely things based on function. So imagine a factory or a warehouse. Everything has its place. It's not necessarily tidy looking, but nothing is out of place because it gets in the but way of something else you wouldn't call it
0: tasteful it might be a great factory at producing widgets but it's not particularly tasteful i'm not tasteful. saying it's
2: tasteful Whatever
0: your whatever but we're your subjective view of
2: taste is but to me <laughs> that looks great the 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 a <laughs> uh, 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 server room is a brilliant example where minimal you got you space is a massive constraint and there's lots and lots of wires and annoying complicated things yeah a good server room you can spot a good server room for a bad server room because it's really really tidy and spotless because dust is the enemy yeah but we're talking about being organised not being yeah but it's it's all but it's like to me organisation comes first and then if you can make it look nice by changing the colour of the cables or whatever great but that's not that's irrelevant totally irrelevant I think we've merely
0: shown
1: how numerous and
0: complex this this is, and, yeah. and how, yeah, and yeah, how and how how this intervention is is not, mm. you no, know, it's it's been too long in coming, frankly. Um, so <laughs> I'm I would like
2: my house to look like a service tunnel under a big. Building. <laughs> I don't. I don't That's think it's I gone want... well. I feel like we've made him worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he feels he's, he's unusually resistant. <laughs> he's to become it.
1: emboldened in yeah. his in his terrible we, a, yeah. attempt. To yeah. <laughs> We move all, all shred of humanity out of his, yeah. uh, his living arrangement.
0: <laughs> we need to force him to live in a sort of a Laura Ashley-designed house or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just to finish, I, I'm massively tasteful, obviously. Yeah, well, I haven't um, had that much experience with your house. Nowhere near as much as you have of mine. I, was, I thought I thought you were going to say nowhere as near as much as I have of my house, because I'm quite an expert on my house and yeah. what's in um, there and No, in that's up.
1: also true. But I uh, the bits I've seen in the background of your new house... Look nice, they look look fitting to front for a sort of 18th century, you know, Lincolnshire townhouse, which is what you live in exactly. But
0: also, I've added my own, as you can imagine, sort of just somehow, uh, je ne sais quoi. Well, we were talking about your colors, we We were, we were, and they're good, they're good colors,
1: but but I think because they have a they have an 18th century feel to them, yeah but
0: are you topping out the feng shui though that's no um no, but the thing is actually just finally it actually probably is important to me i'm probably at the other end of the spectrum uh, to peter on this it's actually super important to me that i feel that things look nice mm. you know that horrible word and and it, it gives me great pleasure you know to sort of be in that room you know surrounded by my concrete mm. uh, lions and so on and um yeah there we go um so on that kind of unsatisfying note mm. we have to draw things to a, a conclusion um so like i said i don't think we quite got there with that one but we kind of did as well um but we'll stop there thanks as always for listening i'm Fraser McGrew. we've been here with nick hare and peter coghill of aleph insights until next time goodbye <laughs>